Hello and welcome to Spicy Times. My name is Oliver Spicer. And I'm Louis. And today we have a special guest. I'm Alex. Alex and Louis, can you describe yourself in a pie filling? I'm gonna have to say blueberry. Blueberry. So you've gone with like the sweet pie? Yeah, after deliberation of the sweet and savoury, I've decided that, I don't know, sweet pie's just the way forward with... Okay. Society. <laughs> <laughs> so savoury pies just aren't as savory accepted. Savoury pies, you know, as the world becomes more liberal, I think we can embrace <laughs> our sweetness towards one another more. So savoury pies that are causing the social divisions at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so any kind of corruption or... It's down to beef yeah. and ale pie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Check the man's recent diet, what's he been eating? Beef and ale pie, you can see why he's voted for Putin three years in a row. <laughs> So any kind of dictator is just all about savoury pies. pies. Yep. Okay, <laughs> let's go back to the blueberry aspect. How does that, like, represent you? Um, depression. Wow. <laughs> Small balls of blue depression. Mm -hmm. They okay. come up every now and then, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always eat a lot of blueberries at once. Like, you can't just have a couple oh, of blueberries. Oh, yeah, no, it's like, you got to embrace the hamster if you're going to, like, small little foods. Of course, yeah. So, do you just <laughs> have a lot of small depression? I'd say it's more like the hamster effect. So, I got a little small depression, then it builds up, and then I'm sad for, like, 30 minutes. And then okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not that bad, but <laughs> yeah. then again, it's probably not great. Okay, Louis, do you have a pie filling for us? Empty. <laughs> now, is that because <laughs> you feel empty or, like, you feel... You know how you get, like, empty pies and oh. then you can put stuff in the pies? No, we don't crave them. No. Uh, yeah. Do you just enjoy the pastry that much? No, I, d I don't <laughs> like pies, so, like... <laughs> do I want to put anything in it? No, not really. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so your option is to not only not have a filling, not have a pie. Yeah, but I feel like I've got to, I've got to have at least that pastry. Maybe you could like kind of transform the pastry into something you do like. Do you like any yeah, kind I'll, of pastries? I'll just, I'll just sort of like smash it up and then put like a gingerbread cutter over it and then I'll eat it. Oh yeah, so it's like so it turns it into yeah. yeah, but it's like <laughs> a gingerbread made from pie pastry. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So it has ginger in it. No, it's just the pastry. <laughs> in in the shape in of the a shape gingerbread of man. man. So now I like it. Oh, okay. So you just like eating people-shaped <laughs> food. Yeah. <laughs> but hate pies. I have learned a lot about you two <laughs> in this small minute. I mean, it is just the way to a person's soul, mm -hmm. really. It's the best question to ask. Mm -hmm. So this is Spicy Times, the podcast full of fun games. And our first fun game is Time Period Parallels. Each of us will pick a certain time period, and we must argue over which one would solve a modern problem more efficiently. So we have three time periods. We have the Stone Age, Ancient Greece, and the 1920s. Alex, which one do you think you're going to go to? I'm going to go with the 1920s. Brilliant. Does one tickle your fancy? I'll go with the Stone Age. Great. So I'm stuck with Ancient Greece, yeah. oh, no. which isn't that bad, to be honest. I don't mind that. So our first task that we must solve is getting tax from large corporations. Alex, do you want to go first? Well, I feel like if you're in the 1920s, you've uh -huh. also got like Al Capone running around New York and that kind of stuff. So at yeah. the end of the day, you want tax from someone, you just send fat Italian blood <laughs> some machine gun to their headquarters. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> is kind they're of true. They're probably going to know where it came from, No, like not to mess around anymore. Yeah, would the government employ their greatest criminals? Um, I don't know how corrupt the 1920s was. I'm guessing, mm -hmm. maybe, because like, yeah. you got to keep 
what's the saying like keep your friends close but keep your enemies closer exactly yeah so keep your, <laughs> keep your italians closer <laughs> yeah. keep your greatest enemy as close as you can okay yeah all attacks off the corporations so how would you maybe disguise a mafia member michelin man a michelin <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the... because, like tires they because like no no think about it i can try and justify this in a genuine way henry ford he just started like mass producing cars yeah a lot of tires uh-huh. michelin man's probably just coming onto the scene wait you mean like the, <laughs> the like the, mascot the, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he walks into your corporation trying to sell tires uh-huh wabam it's Gianluigi the third mm-hmm. and he's got a machine gun <laughs> where is the machine gun in the tires uh, it's made out of tires uh, yes. oh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it fires tires mm-hmm. yeah but they're like very very small uh-huh. so, <laughs> <more of> an <laughs> impact. <laughs> so the stone age um i'm gonna go with like a similar approach with mm-hmm. violence because i feel like, <laughs> i feel like stone age people don't negotiate yeah because they can't speak mm-hmm. other than they make noises so i'm thinking you chase a mammoth <laughs> into, into like their cave uh-huh uh and then you chase the mammoths out if they pay you enough rocks yeah yeah so the mammoth is not part of you but you kind of use it as a threat yeah. would you maybe have corporations in the stone age renting out mammoths to get taxes mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. would you collect tax off a company that rents mammoths because surely they wouldn't be afraid of mammoths <laughs> Uh, you, you throw rocks at them. <laughs> the rocks you get from other people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's a very rock mammoth system. Mm-hmm. Get money from them by throwing more money at them. Yeah. And the only <laughs> thing... Psychology. The only thing that beats rock is paper. True. So therefore, yeah, you throw yeah. legislation at them. <laughs> <laughs> Taxes, bills, whatever you can, just bits of paper. Would Al Capone versus a woolly mammoth, how would that go down? I'm going to have to be honest, I think the mammoth will win. <laughs> I think anyone's going to see a mammoth charging at them and probably just run for the hills, to be honest. But the Michelin man, he's got a lot of padding with him. He's quite a, like a... I, I wouldn't even say chubby, just like physically balloon-like. He's just, yeah. Yeah. He's so, a unit yeah. at, at its best, to be honest. He just bounces back. Mm-hmm. So, he's malleable. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that would kind of suit a mammoth. Okay, well, ancient Greece... I feel like is more diplomatic than that, but more than diplomacy, they have a lot of togas. So if you make maybe Jeff Bezos a very nice toga, I think he would give you the tax money. That is a proven fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So toga versus woolly mammoth versus Al Capone. Which one would be <laughs> best? <laughs> um, I think I think it depends who's wearing the toga. If the, yeah. if the woolly mammoth is wearing the toga, uh-huh. then he's gonna win. If the Michelin yeah. man is wearing the toga, then he's yeah. gonna win. Just because it's such a certain nice toga. Certain things can pull yeah. off a toga, and certain things can't. So at the end of the day, <laughs> you don't got the look. Don't wait, wait, money, really. wait. Which one, the Michelin man or the, <laughs> the mammoth, would be best well, in a toga? They're, they're, they're both examples of things who pull it off flawlessly. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So really, the toga doesn't make any effect. No. So they it just, just kind of they just, they just heighten yeah. the Michelin man and the mammoth. <laughs> okay, so I feel like which one between the Michelin man? Did we go with mammoth in the end? I think so, yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. So to get tax off large corporations, chase a mammoth into their cage. Or their cave, even. <laughs> I don't know why they good would luck, have a cage. Good luck with getting a mammoth into a cage <laughs> in a time where iron doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to, like, transport it somehow. Though. Yeah. It's like when you 
put your cats to the vet and you need to get it in like <laughs> you a just put them in a plastic box. Yeah. <laughs> Not like you actually put cool. my cat in Tupperware. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to justify me saying that. Like, it's a packed cat. I think like the better one. What do they actually call it though? I like think a... like a cat carrier. Yeah, or, that, that sounds yeah. better than plastic box, I'll be honest. <laughs> I quite like the idea of like a Tupperware box and then a cat kind of springs out of it as you open it. Just like one of those snake jars. Yeah. Okay, the next modern problem that we must solve is encouraging scientific research. So, Alex, yours is the most modern, really. Yeah. I mean, the 1920s, you had lots of, like, promiscuity and scientific research. So, basically, <laughs> what you do is you go to the kids and tap into their, like, inner horny and then like okay the, the adolescents yeah and tap into their inner horny and you're like aha you see these dresses they were made using science <laughs> you can make more promiscuous stuff using more science it's like sexy science yeah Yes. <laughs> that's, that's actually the official name. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And that's how they bait you in. Yeah, they bait you in and then it just turns out you're studying plants for 30 years. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> At what point do they realise that science isn't that sexy? Um. Well, when they start like studying the human body mm-hmm. and they find out that obesity doesn't look very nice or like, <laughs> yeah. or, like fungus is a thing, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. You encourage kids to become scientists. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back to the whole rock thing. Yeah. Because the whole economy is based on rocks, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm thinking you get rocks because you're paying people in rocks. Uh, you basically pay them rocks, but you pay them so many rocks that they're like, what do I do with these rocks? I mm-hmm. can't possibly spend all the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then they just start playing with the rocks until they, you know, start buying them together. Maybe, uh-huh. they, maybe they discover like a little spark or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, they, they sort of discover it by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just give rocks to people until they come up with something. And is that how everything from the Stone Age was made? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just rocks. So it's like if you give enough monkeys typewriters, they come up with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And if you give enough cavemen rocks, they come up with weapons? Yes. It's so they can chase woolly mammoths. Yeah, and then get more rocks. <laughs> <laughs> what if they run out of rocks? Um... They start substituting the rocks for woolly mammoths. <laughs> it's like this whole scale. What's above a woolly mammoth in the yeah, currency? I haven't found out yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's too rich. You need to be like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, would they only make rock-based inventions? Yeah. Rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts off all rocks, because that's all anyone cares about anyway. Yeah. Um, and then people discovered that, you know... Rocks don't give you friendship. <laughs> Wait a second. These early mammoths are pretty cool. Yeah. They're my friends, sort of introducing, mm-hmm. like, real, like, biology. Yeah, into, okay. Into the rock experiments. Yeah. Um, and then it sort of progresses from there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you've got physics from the rocks. Yeah. Biology from the woolly mammoths. Yeah. Where is chemistry? I don't know. <laughs> Between the caveman and the mammoth. <laughs> <laughs> These are all very like romantic and sex-based models of science. Uh, it's probably not that much better in ancient Greece, but I feel like they would maybe do something about architecture because they do have very grand architecture and stuff like that. So maybe if you want a bunch of people to be interested in like anatomy, you just build 
a big building in the shape of a heart. Yeah. Because they enter the building. It's like a um a water park. Yeah, it's like a water <laughs> where, park. Yeah, where, where they are the they are the blood cells. Yeah, they are the blood. <laughs> and then and then uh when when they finish going through the mm-hmm. circulation, they get some uh, red wine. Yeah. yeah, it's all red wine. They just like <laughs> uh, it's like just a water park, but with red wine. Mm-hmm. But it's built in this kind of with marble, and it's nice and glossy, and Ooh. it's where you hang out with your mates. <laughs> so oh, you're where are you going later? Uh, I'm going to the left, left, left. <laughs> yeah, meet me in the left atrium. Oh, damn, I was gonna go to the spleen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you just build a bunch of buildings that have like a very greek architecture mm-hmm. to encourage scientific thinking okay which one out of sexy science um friendship with woolly mammoths and rocks architecture based on human anatomy are we going with i'm gonna be honest i don't think i can vouch for sexy science anymore <laughs> <laughs> you put sexy science out there and yeah, as soon as I've, it i've had yeah. to put it down I've had to <laughs> okay all right so <laughs> Uh, I go with the heart thing. Okay, like yeah, thing. I yeah. kind of like that Greek, idea too. Greeks were interesting people. Okay, and our final problem that we must solve is protecting nuclear launch codes. Okay, Louis. Okay. Well, the thing is, <laughs> uh, the thing is, the they they haven't come up with the codes yet. Yeah. They haven't like got numbers yet. Oh right, yeah. They just have rocks. So. <laughs> The problem with the codes is that no rock is the same. That's the that's the law of society. Yeah. And so the the nuclear launch codes they're just rocks, mm-hmm. like a pattern of rocks. But because no rocks are the same, um, it's it's like a specific set of rocks, mm. and no one else can get the codes because no one has the rocks. Yeah. And you would have people guarding the rocks. Well, not people. <laughs> <laughs> More large, fluffy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elephant-like beings. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, and that's why they. That's why humans are friendly with woolly mammoths now. Yeah. To protect their nuclear launch codes. Yeah. Okay. What about people that maybe have rocks? Would they try and break in with rocks? Um, well, they can't unless they have paper. And woolly mammoths, as far as I'm concerned, they're not paper. So, I yeah. Think, I think they're okay. Right. Uh, what about the 1920s? I'm going to go with they're embedded in films. Oh. So, basically, like, in the film reel... Like, each film has a very tiny bit of code. And because, okay. obviously, there's not any computers here, yeah. they can't, like, decode it. But the issue is the president doesn't know it either. So just sort of in the space of film. Yeah. So you play the film when you want to launch a missile? Uh, you play... You know, like, you have to get all the films to align at the same time. Uh-huh. So oh, say, okay. like, Betsy meets Dave and yeah. in one film, and then, like, Ringo shoots a Velociraptor. <laughs> whoa, whoa, is this so a Ringo a- star of the Beatles? <laughs> Yes, he time travels. Um, they've got to align at the same moment, and then a nuclear code oh, okay. will reveal itself. All right, yeah. So it's like if you stack the frames on yeah. top of each other, then there's a, a very subtle... Yeah. Okay, all right. I like that idea. And the president's the only one who knows mm-hmm. when the films are. What happens if you get the wrong films mixed up? Um, well, then you'll give another country their nuclear launch codes. So okay. the issue is, I think it happened in um, 1923. <laughs> uh, India accidentally launched a missile at uh, the Congo for reason whatsoever. Yeah, for playing too yeah. many Wizards of Oz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wizards of Oz and Harry Potter, and it all just went downhill from there, to be honest. Even though the Wizard of Oz was made after that. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Rowling wasn't even born, but she'd already launched a missile. <laughs> it's Ringo's time machine. They're using Ringo's time machine. <laughs> it all goes back to that to be honest <laughs> who again wasn't actually making music at the time <laughs> okay sound like a band though 
Ringo the Black Machine. <laughs> that was pretty good. We could pitch that. <laughs> I think, like, Greeks, they're big on food. Like, their cheese and wine is very big. Um, so maybe. And I'm, I don't mean big in, like, popularity. I mean massive. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> so you have big blocks of cheese that have the missiles in them. Oh. And then you get the wine and you dissolve the missiles out of the cheese using <laughs> the wine. The cheese around the missile dissolves. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, so it's God. like de-earthing a skeleton, oh. but it's a missile in cheese. Nice. And of course, if you didn't know this, you would just try and eat the cheese. But because it's so much cheese, uh, you you're, can't eat yeah, the cheese. The enemy of the state would just pass out full of cheese. Mm-hmm. And we know... You are most vulnerable. <laughs> when you are full of cheese. <laughs> when you are full of cheese. So therefore, it would really protect the missiles of our countries. What, what mm. if the cheese went off? Uh, even more so. Because oh, yeah, then, then they yeah. don't want to eat it. But it's really, it's high quality cheese. Oh, okay. yeah. So it would just become like more and more blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, until it would just become blue. <laughs> That's actually how you get like topaz. And is topaz blue? Maybe. I thought it was like yellow. Yeah, I thought it was yellow. Lapis that's, lazuli. That's how you get lapis lazuli and <laughs> yeah. those like uh, cool blue gems. It's through it. It's just really and it's it, just it, really obvious. Yeah. So it sucks because some people when they're buying wedding rings and they have like gems in them, it might actually be a nuclear launch code oh, or a no. missile. In fact, yeah. <laughs> so don't don't buy wedding rings. Yeah. <laughs> don't get married. <laughs> Okay, so which one uh, out of hiding your codes in film frames, using woolly mammoths to protect the stones that make up the codes, or storing nuclear missiles, which are highly dangerous in cheese, is the best one? I think think the film thing's cool. I do like the film thing. I feel like it would be cool. I feel like, I don't know, how, how good are the Greeks at making cheese? I don't know. I feel like the Romans would be better because it's like Italy. Yeah. So it might not even be that good of a cheese. And also, are the cavemen like aware that these rocks are launching nuclear missiles? Yeah, as far as as they're concerned, they're just rocks like everything else. That's pretty well hidden. Our next game is Back and Forth Blame. Alex, Louis and I will go back and forth blaming each other for a certain wrongdoing. And today's wrongdoing is breaking into the Eiffel Tower. So... I think Alex is to blame for breaking into the Eiffel Tower. Explain yourself, Alex. Well, you see, I I walked up there and I thought it was just like, come and visit, come and go. But then I saw Louis at the top of the tower and there was a guard (laughs) chasing him. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm not meant to be here. So I clearly haven't done anything here. I was just a witness in Louis's infiltration of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, of course. Alex is completely innocent. Louis, uh, what do you have to you say? See, I wasn't on the tower because I wanted to see the sights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alex uh, saw me on the tower and thought, oh, I got here first because Alex wanted to get there first. Of course, yeah. Because he loves Ratatouille, the film. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. <laughs> so much that he thought the, the, the rat was real. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, where would the rat go? Eiffel Tower. So of course. He was going to break in. He was going to find Ratatouille's secret lair. He was going to steal all the recipes and the rat and then put it in a hat on his head and become the world's best chef. Yeah. Um, but then he was like, oh, Louis got here first. I better go. And then he left. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is you try 
to get there beforehand so he could protect Ratatouille and his recipes. Yes, and also see the sights. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Don't forget about the sights. Okay. Um, and then Alex came along, wanted to steal Ratatouille, but he couldn't because I was already there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, Alex, sounds like it's your problem. Yeah, I do have some explaining to do. I do like the movie Ratatouille, but the issue is I was only there because I was wondering where Oliver was going because I know that he likes the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it's a well-known fact that um, Master Shredder's base is at the top of the Eiffel Tower because he is obviously mm. the king of all rats. <laughs> where the rats go, the Eiffel Tower. And Ollie, being the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle super fan he is, wanted to go and visit his idol. And I saw Ollie scaling the tower at 300 miles an hour. And I was like, what is that man doing? So I had to go up there and investigate. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, to, to clean my slate, basically, <laughs> it is a well-known fact that rats are masterminds of planning. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you want to maybe meet your favourite rat in the world from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... You need to surprise him real good. Because I know he doesn't do photos. So he is not going to want to talk to me. And as he lives at the top of the Eiffel Tower, I must scale it Mm -hmm. um, illegally Mm -hmm. just to even talk to him. But you know what I wanted to talk to him about? What? Louis's obsession with Ratatouille. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Because although he blamed it on Alex... I don't think Alex even likes Ratatouille that much. I lied, I don't like vegetables at all, or rats. <laughs> and Louis has actually been mastermindingly hypnotising Alex into liking Ratatouille, so he can, in fact, steal the cookbooks of Ratatouille. Oh, no. Well, you see, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, I, di- I didn't want to bring the whole operation down. Well, you see, the rats are threatening me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said they'd kill me if I revealed the operation, <laughs> but it seems I have no choice. What's that operation? Come on, Louis. Well, I said I saw. I went up to see the sights. Uh-huh. Secretly, it wasn't even me. It was just rats. Rats in a costume of me. Yeah. Yeah. You saw me, except it was actually just a pile of rats. Yeah. Yeah. And the rats are actually planning on stealing Ratatouille, the most famous rat. Yes. Uh, and then capitalizing off his skill. Yeah. He will train all the other rats, and then they will grab humans and enslave mankind. But oh. cook really good food. Cook really yeah. good food, but... They will also tug on our hair a lot, though. Yeah. yeah. Does that mean... I feel like that still so, means you're to blame. Yeah, does that no, justify no, no, no. you I'm, breaking I'm, into the rat secret lair? I, I, I am blaming the rats. <laughs> it, it turns out Alex is secretly a rat this whole time. <laughs> Alex, is this true? <laughs> okay, well, you see... I've been watching Harry Potter, and you know, I said Peter Pettigrew, and he does all that transformation stuff. Okay. And he, like, transforms into a rat. Well, I was testing it out, but I wasn't in the Eiffel Tower. Oh. I was in the sewers. You know, I was in the sewers, because Ollie, who's been masterminding the rat operation the entire time, (laughs) told me the spell to turn myself into a rat. And I thought, oh, rat on the Eiffel Tower, gotta get out of here, because, as you know, tourists hate rats, and tourists always go to the Eiffel Tower. So I went to the sewers because you know what tourist goes to the sewer to just live my life as a rat. And meanwhile, Ollie's underneath the Eiffel Tower base, masterminding this entire rat infiltration into France. Okay, okay. Well, firstly, firstly, it is true I know rat magic and are greatly skilled in the art of turning myself into a rat, but I only do so for the good of mankind. Explain yourself. You see, what good comes from this. <laughs> I have been deep underground in the rat community for some time. As a rat myself, disguised as a rat, smaller, because I can transform using 
Yes, okay, that or, makes sense. Before mentioned rat. Yes, it yeah. c- makes complete sense. <laughs> because this is the thing. Ratatouille doesn't even exist. No yes, way. he does. No, he doesn't. I've met, Hans, I've met the guy. <laughs> he was at my sister's wedding. <laughs> he was my best man. <laughs> okay, so I was trying to um, spread the fake ideology of Ratatouille because he does not exist. And to do that, you must enter the rats because I just really want to make small children like rats because I feel like there's a very adverse position towards them because they're seen as bad creatures but i mean the rats are bad creatures which is why i had to do this because <laughs> they wouldn't do it by themselves <laughs> but i just wanted people to maybe believe that they could be good creatures and then they would be good creatures and that's because you two hate rats i don't hate rats i am a rat <laughs> 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 I believe Alex, okay? <laughs> but Louis. Well, I never existed, I just am a part of I think you guys have discovered that I, I truly did break into the Eiffel Tower uh, for no good reason except from <laughs> something to do with rats. rats. <laughs> I think it was to improve rats' PR reputation. Yeah. Except, because they're except too stubborn the to do it then. <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> I was just scaling the building. Okay, well, I think we did blame each other back and forth quite a lot there. Our next segment is Moronic Measurements. I have a selection of strange measurements. Louis and Alex must guess the correct unit out of three possible options, two of which I have made up. Okay, so our first set of real or fake measurements is one pirate ninja, one Darth Vader, or one green alien. What, what would a Darth Vader measure? Exactly. This is my question would, to you. It would measure the length of your lightsaber. Because <laughs> he has the longest quite, lightsaber. Yeah, no, because when you like see him in the films, is it's got a long lightsaber, like uh-huh. it's the same length as his cape, and that's All a right. long ass cape. That's so. pretty big, yeah. So, how would you use that in day to day measurements? Um, well, it's a complicated measurement because you use a Darth Vader to measure the length of a lightsaber. You yeah. Use the length of a lightsaber to measure a meter. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of the in between. It's yeah. a measurement of. Okay. That kind of works. If you have a larger Darth Vader, do you get more force out of your lightsaber? Um, so a Darth Vader... A Darth Vader is measured in corruption. Okay. Of course. Yeah. And um, everyone knows. And the more corrupt you are, correlates to the larger lightsaber you have. All right. And the larger lightsaber you have transfers to meters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so if you're very corrupt, maybe the people who... The governments who send Al Capone to get people's tax money if you're that corrupt you have a massive lightsaber yeah okay okay and and therefore that's like three Darth Vader's worth of lightsaber yeah whoa that is long yeah three capes yeah uh huh which is three meters tall so he's like towering over everyone that's gonna scare any government yeah Yeah. finance organization okay so could you maybe identify corrupt politicians by how long their lightsaber is Mm -hmm. maybe say you're gonna battle them and then take a photo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I challenge you to a joke. Yeah. And then they bring out their lightsaber, which they always carry on them. Of course. Uh, and then you take a picture, and they're like, oh, you fooled me again. That's <laughs> five people who have taken pictures of my lightsaber today. So corrupt. Uh, do you think that's kind of real or not very real? 
I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> In the short way, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about uh, another one was one pirate ninja? What might that be a measurement of? How can it be both a ninja and a pirate? It's my main concern. Confusion. That might be to do with it. You wonder how it can be a ninja and a pirate. Yeah. So it's a ninja and a pirate at the same time. So the more ninja pirates there are, the more confused you get. Okay. That oh. makes sense. So it's a measurement of confusion. Yeah. So a very complex thing, like, I don't know, quantum mechanics. Yeah, that's like trying to communicate with ten ninja pirates. Yeah. Like, oh, which so... One's you're ninja, which one's a pirate? Are they, bo- are they all ninja pirates? <laughs> ninja pirates? What you about pirate ninja? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can't socialise in your pirate ninja club because exactly. you don't know who's a pirate, who's a ninja. We need two separate clubs, guys. Exactly. Don't you see this? <laughs> okay, so you would measure how complex a task is. So what is one pirate ninja equal to? The but In terms of, like, real-world application, yeah. trying to send a rocket to the moon. That's one it's, pirate it's, ninja. It's really okay. confusing yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So you would use very small, like, maybe from day to day, oh, I kind of want to pick up that pen, but it's a hassle. That's yeah. 0.0001 pirate ninjas. Yeah, yeah, or like, oh, I've put too much milk in my tea. I've got to remake my tea. That's like 0.1 minus <laughs> three pirate ninjas. Oh, I thought you were going to say 0.1. <laughs> saying <laughs> 10 of those would be <laughs> as hard as landing on the moon. Okay. Um, and then 10 pirate ninjas mm-hmm. trying to figure out who really killed Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've discussed this. He doesn't exist. It was a PR stunt made so by... pirate ninjas just trying to figure out how Ratatouille <laughs> was at your sister's wedding when he was dead this whole time. <laughs> Maybe you get the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, who are in fact ninjas, and get some and pirates. Turtles. Oh, yeah. So you got to ask him. You know, how are yeah. you a ninja and something else at the same time? Yeah. You just yeah. gotta know. That's that's zero point one pirate ninjas. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not quite complex as how you can be a pirate and a ninja. I feel like ninjas are meant to have like a code of conduct. Like a yeah, they're quite kind of almost samurai like ideologies. Yeah. Whilst um pirates are just yeah. Yar har, your ship is mine now. Yeah. <laughs> that's more Somerset, but sh- <laughs> <laughs> your tractor is mine now. <laughs> Okay, and the last one was one green alien. What might that be a measure of? I mean, like, the first thing that came to mind was greenness. <laughs> <laughs> so how green is a green alien? Pretty green. <laughs> <laughs> and how green is, like, an apple in green aliens? Uh, pff, depends how green the apple is. <laughs> if we go with, like, your bog standard green apple, yeah. I'm going to say 0.3 green aliens. Whoa. Yeah. Like, this is luminous green, is what mm-hmm. we're talking about for the green alien. Okay, so you would apply that to colours of anything, really? Yeah, that's how you talk about colours, scientifically. Yeah. So, casually, you'd be like, oh, this is purple. But <laughs> well, <laughs> how, many, how many green aliens is purple? Like a 0.01. Okay, there's a yeah. bit of green yeah. in there, I guess, yeah. Because yeah. how, how light works, okay, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and all the colours that don't involve green, they're gone. They're gone? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So what's the thing for red? What would the thing for red be? There isn't red. There's no green in red. (laughs) (laughs) It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. So it's only measuring colours in greenness? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's used exclusively for colours that contain green. Mm -hmm. Any other colours are void of that measurement. (laughs) So you get researchers who are like experts in how green something is. Yeah. But once you present them with a red apple then then there are like three pirate ninjas <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're up to three pirate ninjas three pirate ninjas okay that well that is a lot of pirate ninjas so which one do you think is the real unit one pirate ninja one darth vader or one 
green apple. Well, I mean, based off of our definitions, yep. I'd say none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I really don't. Uh, Darth Vader. Okay. Yeah, Darth Vader seems like the kind of thing that a Star Wars fan base would use to measure something in. Yep, well, I'm sorry, guys, because the correct answer was one pirate ninja. What does it measure? And it is a measurement of energy, one kilowatt hour per Martian day. What? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's used by NASA. And they just decided to name it Pirate Ninja? Yes. Oh, <laughs> well, that has a good job. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they're working at NASA, so there's got to be at least one pirate ninja every day. Claps per performance, crumbs per area in bed or cats per relationship. Okay, cats per relationship, uh-huh. I think, could apply to your classic, like, lonely cat lady. Yes. If that yeah. makes sense. So it's like, oh, you know, I had three cats in my last relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, what, cats are for 20-odd years? Yeah. So you're like, one relationship in 60 years. Mm. I think that one actually sort of makes sense. Yeah. So is a good relationship one with more cats or less cats? I'd say, uh, uh, like, a solid relationship would be, like, because we're going to say each cat lady measurement, 20 yeah. years, okay? Okay. So, like, your solid relationship would probably be, like, a quarter of a cat lady. <laughs> cat lady. A quarter of a cat lady. So how many cats per relationship is oh, that? Oh, that's, um, so cat lady's 20, so it'd be, like, 0. 0.5. 0.5? Yeah. Cats per relationship. Is mm-hmm. equivalent to a cat lady, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So you would use that to deem how effective your relationships work? Yeah. Okay. So, like, each cat per relationship is 20 years. Mm. So then, if you've had one that's lasted not a lot of cats per relationship, yeah. then you know it's not gone well. What if you've had a very long relationship with a lot of cats? Four cats per relationship. You know, that's an 80-year relationship. Wow. But is this presuming you can only have one cat at one time? That's, we're getting into pirate ninja levels now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends. Are the cats exponential? So, like, the, if you get uh-huh. two cats, it suddenly transforms into four cats next relationship and so on and so forth. It would slowly get larger if, and larger. Okay, so for each cat per relationship mm-hmm. that you have, so say your relationship lasts one cat per relationship, yeah, okay. that allows you to get another cat for your relationship. Okay. So it's like a stackable measurement. Oh. Yeah. So if it's equal to one, you can get another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you've got to keep it constant. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that. Otherwise, the relationship dissolves. All right. <laughs> Sad. Uh, what about claps per performance? See, you did think that claps per performance mm-hmm. meant how many people are cheering for yes. the audience and how much they liked it. Of course, but... But no. Uh-huh. See, claps is actually... means cats like... <laughs> <laughs> Clear cats. No, cats lie about paws, sauce. Because <laughs> it's sus. They're lying. But, but repeat that, I need that again. Cats lie about paws, sauce. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because it's it's suspicious that they're lying yeah. about their cats. Right. Okay. So, so then you watch a performance. Mm-hmm. It's dictating whether it's fiction or non fiction. Because if you're, if you're like, they're lying, this is so sus. Like, the cats are lying about the paws. Sus. Uh, they're like, this is, this is fictional. Yeah. This is, this is like a, this is like some Star Wars stuff. Okay. But then, if it's like, the cats are not lying. They are not sus. These yeah. cats are not sus. Mm-hmm. I completely trust these cats. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, you're watching a David Attenborough documentary. How real something is means less or more claps per performance. Yeah. 
Less of all. <laughs> Less of all, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so the higher the number, the more you think the cat's alive. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So the more, like, fictional it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what would be one clap per performance? Um, that would be, like, a documentary about <laughs> who killed rats. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why HBO interviewed me for that. I was not interested. You think like you think like they got it wrong, so it's yeah. like fictional, but it's not. Oh, it's not like actually okay, fictional. yeah. So it's like one. The zero is like fully, like real. Yeah. And two is like Star Wars. All right. Yeah. So what's the most fake thing? Um, cats. <laughs> Ratatouille. <laughs> Ratatouille is the most fake thing. <laughs> he's not fake. He's just he is. He's a PR scheme. <laughs> <laughs> um. The last one that we haven't discussed yet is crumbs per area in bed. I feel like that's the amount of people in a crowd that you like. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You like so crumbs you in your like bed. bed? No. <laughs> so, so, okay, so okay. Like the crumbs are the bits that you don't want. So okay, like right. Shake them out. So like you're in a crowd of people and you're like, oh, I don't like that person. That, so that, that's a crumb. You want so each a higher or lower amount of crumbs? You want like... You want a decent balance. <laughs> it depends on the event. If you're at a party, you don't want any crumbs. Okay. No one wants a crumb at a party. But, but if you're giving a speech, you want like an even amount of crumbs. And some people can like offer you criticism and some people can agree with you. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So it's like you want a, a constructive criticism you want, sometimes. You want some constructive crumbs in your audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you would first, before going to either a meeting or a get-together with friends, you would ask them how many crumbs per centimetre squared yeah. so in like, the bed are there. Yeah. So okay. like if someone was hosting, I'd be like, all right, how many crumbs are going? And then I'd say in a gathering of 20 people, more than five crumbs. I'm lying. Sorry. Really? Yeah. Is that it? What if they're 15? What's the opposite of a crumb? Pillows. Because that's what you want in a bed. <laughs> yeah. 15 pillows, five crumbs. I mean, it depends because like the crumbs could latch onto the pillows, easily, you know. And then the pillows could become crumbs. Yeah. And, and you know how big a crumb is compared to a pillow. Well, if, yeah. if a pillow becomes crumb, that's a lot of crumbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but if something is that size, is it really a crumb or is it just like if it's a crumb from a biscuit, let's say, I if mean, it's the size of a pillow? These are crumbs from like toast. Okay. So these are bad crumbs. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I wouldn't mind a biscuit crumb-sized pillow. Wait, yeah. no. A pillow-sized biscuit crumb. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, because it's just a big biscuit. Because it's just like a big spherical yeah, biscuit actually. almost. Yeah, that would be alright. But if it's toast, that's just kind of burnt and not very yeah. nice. You don't want spherical toast. <laughs> it's very hard to put your butter yeah. on. <laughs> so, which one do you think is real? Claps per performance? Something to do with cats and how cats. suspicious they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or crumbs per area in bed? Something to do with bad people at gatherings or cats per relationship which is to do with relationships i'd say cats per relationship i feel like yeah. that's an urban dictionary definition okay or something like that. i'm sorry again because crumbs per area in bed no. is the real one and it is a unit of irritability it was made by a swedish video game magazine to measure how uh, annoying something was sort of right direction i guess yeah you were okay and the final set the smile minute, the beard length, or the pizza volume. Okay. Well, I feel like if pizza volume, depends on what type of pizza you're going for. Because if you've got one of those really thin ones, 
that's gonna be like a low pizza volume. Yeah. It's like a measurement of how thick your pizza is. Uh-huh. But if you go to Chicago, the S tier in terms of thick pizzas, uh-huh. that's that's like six pizza volumes. Mm-hmm. And then a thin one's like one. Pizza so volume. what you want is a bigger pizza volume, or just really what mood you in. It could be a different yeah. pizza volume. I'd say, okay. I'd say like diverges the class the classier you are, you see like classier people. Oh uh, yeah. Like some of them get zero pizza volume. Wow. <laughs> Snow pizza. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How can you live your lives without pizza constantly? But then, like, a lot of good food. And then I'd say, like, three pizza volumes. It's like yeah. ideal. Okay. That's, that's, like, your normal. So what is the one pizza volume? What is that based on? It's based on the first ever pizza maker. Yes. Which is Ratatouille. <laughs> and Ratatouille, well, in his mates, he discovered that the uh, big fat pizzas were, like, the same height as him. And he's yes. Like, Oh, yo, I've got the same volume. <laughs> he also speaks in uh, New York <laughs> slang now. <laughs> I've got the same volume as this pizza. Yeah. That's got to be like, because I'm only a rat and I'm the same height as it. That's uh-huh. got to be a pretty wide-ass pizza. Yeah. That's got to be like six pizza volumes. Okay. A rat height pizza yeah. is eight or six. Yeah. So six. Like, a rat height on the height and then it's got to be three rats across oh <laughs> so that's six this is why rats get a bad pr <laughs> yeah. you are using them as measurements them for pizzas. how big your pizza is <laughs> that rumors exist people <laughs> we, we got rid of animal testing just to <laughs> <laughs> so pizza volume kind of makes sense i guess uh what about smile minutes what is one smile minute equal to See, you think small minute <laughs> <laughs> means how many times you smile in a minute. Yeah. What ratio? And you'd be like, well, that's a percentage of how happy I am. Yeah. You know? That's <laughs> just how sad means. you are. That's not what it means. Really. <laughs> um, see, smile actually is short for... <laughs> um, You got this, Louis. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> snowing. Yeah. So it's an acronym. Yeah, and no, it's just snowing mile, but it's like short. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can see that. I can snow see mile that. minute. Okay. Yeah. So what is a snow mile? <laughs> <laughs> see, that's where it gets complicated. Because uh, snow itself is an acronym. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping never offers waking <laughs> <laughs> okay and it's a balance about how much you sleep it's like a balance of sleep okay because you need enough sleep to feel like you're not tired because you've had no sleep uh huh but you need too like if you have too much sleep then you're too tired yeah because you're, you're in hibernation mode you know uh huh so it's a balance of that in miles um <laughs> because Everyone knows that uh, bears travel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the bears yeah. travel at five miles per hour. Uh-huh. So if they're traveling at five miles per hour, they need enough sleep over the five miles of per course. day. Yeah. Um, and then it's per minute, as in how much are they sleeping per minute as a ratio. Okay, yeah. so just to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do I am, need to clarify this. Pirate ninjas are very high numbers. Yeah, no, right this now. Is, I think this is about 100 times landing on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Smile minute is actually short for snow mile minute. 
And no, no. See, you're already wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, no, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Snow means s- sleeping, sleeping. Never, never offers waking. That's to do with how much sleep you get. Mm-hmm. All right. And we all know a polar bear travels at five meters per five, second. Five miles per hour. Five miles per hour. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, so, so it needs to like sleep enough. Yeah. Um, based on the ground it covers. So it's the amount of time a polar bear needs to sleep to walk five miles. And yes. that's how you measure the amount of time you've slept in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is the good night in Smile Minutes? Like a solid five. A five? <laughs> so you can walk 25 miles? No, so... So, 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 so the polar bear can walk. Yeah, okay, miles. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Beard length is the final one. I'm going to feel like that's not a measurement of length. <laughs> of how many you s- how many times polar bear smiles in the, <laughs> in the five miles it goes <laughs> no it's a measurement of like patience ah so because you see like people with long beards like, yeah they gotta get that beard caught in stuff sometimes like, okay yeah pretty <laughs> yeah they're gonna get like i don't know noodle in the beard and that's mm-hmm. like quite annoying people with shorter beards and they just how many like, crumbs per uh centimeter square oh. cu- squared of bed is that well, it depends, because it depends what you get in the beard, really. Yeah. If you've got gum, that's like oh, 300 well, yeah. crumbs per centimetre squared. Yeah, that's if mostly crumbs. That's yeah. not much bed. <laughs> you're sleeping in a biscuit factory. You, you are. It is just a biscuit you're sleeping on at that point. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't mind that, but continue. Yeah, but if it's like you got a short beard and, oh, you got like a little bit of fluff caught in it, uh-huh. then that's only like yeah, that's all right. 0.5 wow, yeah. crumbs per centimetre squared. Uh-huh. So, it's to do with how patient someone with a beard is. How patient someone is in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you don't so even like, need a beard. It's, it's okay, beard all right. So, it's like, okay, this person, I've reached, like, beard length 75 with them. Yeah. But then you've got the added measurement of plus noodles, so you can add a food, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you've got 75, that's already pretty bad, because you've got a long beard, and it's getting caught in stuff. But then, yeah. plus crumbs, that's not good. Uh-huh. So, what is one beard length equal to? One beard length is like you're sitting on a sun lounger and there's a bee that's just hovering around your soft drink. Like, the bee's not doing much, it's just kind of annoying. Uh Because you can't do much about it. I like that definition. So, which one do you think is the real one? The smile minute, the beard length, or the pizza volume? I think it's quite clearly smile minute, if we're honest. (laughs) I think I know so much about this topic. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He's researched it for so long. He's actually a professor. Did you hypnotise me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the beard length is the real one, and it is the amount a beard grows in a second. Do you want to guess how long that is? How long one beard length? 0.025 centimetres. Five smile minutes? (laughs) (laughs) It is 10 nanometres. Yeah, that's a little smaller than 0.025 centimetres. (laughs) Which is very short, but yeah. Okay, our final game is nonsense narratives. Louis and Alex must create a certain type of story from characters made from a specific group of objects. So today, you must create a detective noir out of fruit. Alright, so our first character is a pineapple. I feel like a pineapple's got very diverging roles. Uh Uh-huh. He's either because you know how people either really like pineapples, yeah, or they really hate them. <laughs> this pineapple is either the hero or the villain. Okay, There's no in between. Mm-hmm. The pineapple is because he went on vacation. It's a detective who went on vacation. Oh uh, yeah, uh, and turned into a pineapple. Uh, 
<laughs> and um, he's got the last minute call up. Yeah, he got the last yeah. minute call up, and then he just had to come back. So like, he's really grumpy because he was like, "I just want to be a pineapple. Let me be a pineapple, please." <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a direct quote from the film. Yeah, but then he goes back and everyone else is fruit? Yeah, he, well, he goes back and he's like, I wish I could go back on vacation, but like, I really want to help these people solve this crime. Yeah. So it's like, you kind of hate him because he's being mean, but like, you kind of like him because he's helping out. Yeah, and he wants to be a pineapple, which is what we all want to be at the end. Yeah. Okay, all right. So he's the main detective? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So we've got a main detective pineapple that wanted to be a pineapple, but came back, but is still a pineapple? He's transformed. Okay. On vacation. All right. Using pineapple magic, obviously. Uh, grapes. What about grapes? They're like the evil henchmen. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, there's the big boss fruit. Yeah. Shall not be named. <laughs> and then, as the pineapple goes about his business really grumpily, because uh-huh. he just wants to be on, he, he sees like these little grapes peering around corners. Yeah. In like, dustbins watching him as he goes on his business spooky and yeah they're they're like the um gestapo oh yeah firstly my first question is what color grapes are they they're they're a mix they're a mix of some green grapes Uh uh-huh and the pineapple thinks he can trust the green grapes oh they're actually helping the pineapple yeah the 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 evil fruit who shall not be named (laughs) (laughs) okay so because henchmen in films are often depicted as stupid because they're grapes, does that mean that they're dumber? Or they're actually smart the grapes? grapes have oh, okay. Brains, All right. While the green grapes, because yeah. they look so dumb, the pineapple trusts them. <laughs> and that's how they infiltrate detective work. Yeah. 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 Can I ask, where did he go for holiday? Pineapple place. The pineapple farm. <laughs> the, pineapple farm. <laughs> the pineapple place, of yeah. course. Okay. So why are grapes there? Just because tourism well the pineapple farm yeah. is located within the food farm where all food is grown of course yeah trees in this world yeah uh-huh. um and the grape farm was right next to the pineapple farm mm-hmm. uh, and they befriended the pineapple only to trick him wow so sad story yeah it is it is very sad let's try and make it a bit light-hearted lychee is the next fruit he well she is she, the, yeah. she yeah. is the Love interest of the pineapple. Yes. Of course, yeah. <laughs> the pineapple while on holiday. Because yep. he initially started off in the pineapple farm. Of course, yeah. on a world tour. And of yep. course that world tour's brought any natural pineapple to China. <laughs> and there he sees Miss Lychee and she catches his attention. But he has to obviously go and mm-hmm. do detective work. So they're separated. All right. And light and pineapple's entire motivation lies around going and finding Lychee again. Yeah. How many cats per relationship do they have? Uh, well, the the thing is, it starts off at like one. Yeah, but like, it's quite but a like, short fling at the start. But like, <laughs> but by the time you're like spoilers, by the way. Oh, yeah, I've, just, yeah, I haven't seen this yet. But turn off yeah. if, if you if you haven't seen this, but he does solve the crime. Oh wow! So by that time, as any real good pineapple detective does. <laughs> um, by that time, they've progressed in their relationship. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. And they're at like. Like five cats. Does well, he discover something while solving the crime that helps him emotionally he attach? He learns how to speak Chinese. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll learn why, because our next character is the pear. The pear is the local who ah. helps the pineapple out. Okay. He's actually the one who teaches the pineapple Chinese. Yeah. Because the pineapple is being ganged up on by the yellow grapes at his worst possible time. Oh, yeah. Like, 
he is like the leader has told him he's not doing well enough. He needs to solve the crime quicker. Oh. And then out of nowhere, all the green grapes hop out the bin, start beating him up. <laughs> out of nowhere comes this pair, and he's got magical entrancing pair powers. Of course, that's that all good pairs do. He uses to hypnotize the grapes and disperses of them. He helps the pineapple in his redemption. Yeah. While yeah. teaching him Chinese at the same time. But the pineapple has just discovered that the person or the people that he trusted actually turned on him. So is he going to be trustful of this pair? I mean, he's sceptical at first. Mm. Because, obviously, the grapes, who yeah. he thought were his best friends. Traumatised, yeah. He's, he's very traumatised. But the pair really warms the pineapple. And he's like, yeah, you've picked me up in my darkest hour. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's like several training montages <laughs> where the pair is like willing the pineapple. And the pineapple can only do one more press up. <laughs> that gets him to do three. Wow. Yeah. We, we actually just stole. Uh, I mean, I, I, we don't tell many people about this. Cause yeah. It's kind of a shame. We just stole uh, the scenes from Karate Kid. So this, uh, he teaches him not only Chinese, but also uh, how to love and how to fight. How to trust as well. How to trust. <laughs> <laughs> really, maybe. He's a he pair would, of all traits. He would be a better suit than the lychee. Unfortunately, it's quite sad because the pair eventually falls in love with the pineapple. Oh no, it's a love triangle. Yeah, but in the end, like she wins out. Uh, okay, <laughs> so our next character is a tangerine. Well, the tangerine, uh, often mistaken for an orange, yeah, or a satsuma, yeah. Which could it be? It's a tangerine. <laughs> oh no! Everyone, everyone mistreats it because they're like, oh look at this orange, and they find out it's not orange. Uh huh. Feel sad. They find out it's not a satsuma. They feel sad. <laughs> no one wants the tangerine. Um. And so the tangerine being being hated by everyone in the world yeah. wants revenge. Okay. Um, and targets the grapes, who he then hires. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you hate someone so much, you hire, you hire them. <laughs> but the trick is he doesn't he doesn't pay them. So oh, okay. I kind of feel sorry for the grapes now. Well, Protect they're, grape they're, workers' rights. <laughs> the, the the green grapes are sort of like too dumb to realize oh i'm hiring you this is a job they're like well i'll get money now and they never get paid and they don't know to- what happens is the tangerine the main bad guy yeah or is he just a front well well we'll have to find out okay so our next character uh, we have two more the second to last one is a plum okay so tangerine is the face value bad guy oh like right. darth vader for instance yeah so he's the face of the villains in the series uh-huh. the plum He's Emperor Palpatine. Oh, okay, yeah. He's been orchestrating this thing the whole time because he's not actually a full plum, by the way. He's just a stone. What? Yeah, that's a big plot twist. What happened to all his his juicy bits? They were eaten, and then he was discarded as a stone. And normally plums die as a stone, but he didn't and lived in this eternal agony. (laughs) Because the mammoth saw the stone. (laughs) I will befriend this stone. And Uh he also has a nuclear launch ghost because, you know, he's a stone. Yeah, Yeah, and that's why he wants to kill the pineapple. Because yeah. the pineapple is a very important detective that's yeah. that was working <laughs> on the case of the stolen stones. Yeah. <laughs> but he is one of the stolen stones. <gasps> the plot twists. <laughs> so really, the last key to the nuclear launch codes... Was the plum himself. Was the plum himself. Yeah. Maybe the last character could help the pineapple resolve this, because it's a tomato... Tomato just has an identity crisis to hide him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know if he's a fruit or a vegetable. 
spends the entire time sitting in the corner questioning his existence. And how does this help in our final chapter of our story? In the final battle, yeah. the pineapple, he's in his... He's like really, really weak. The plum oh, no. has managed to use his plum powers, whatever they be, of course, yeah, to weaken him to his last shred. But the tomato runs in screaming, asking yeah. if he's a fruit or a vegetable. Yeah. The entire four-hour-long <laughs> still doesn't know yeah. if he's a fruit or a vegetable, and this really hits hard with the plum because mm. the plum's having a bit of an identity crisis too because he thought he was a fruit on the outside, but it actually turns out he's just a stone, and then. He consoles the tomato, uh, by which point the pineapple has now got up yeah. and shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens to lychee and pineapple? They live happily ever after in a lychee and pineapple farm. They the merge. final shot is yeah. the tomato sort of, after, you know, seeing a stone get shot, um, mm-hmm. you know, it really traumatised him. Yeah, he already course. was so insane from not knowing who he was. Yeah. He eventually just in the final shot screams I'm actually ketchup <laughs> and, then, and then gets in a bottle and dies <laughs> thank you very much for listening I've been Oliver Spicer I've been Lee I've been Alex rats uh, need a better PR in my <laughs> and I hope you can join us for the next episode of Spicy, spicy times. times was I meant to say Spicy Times yeah you were